Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us online. We're excited to share what God is doing in our midst and want to keep you up to date with the following announcements. Lockdown is a time of prayer. Unity lies within the power to hear the same thing from God. Join us during this lockdown time to pray every morning at 6 only for 20 minutes on Zoom or on Monday nights for intercession from 8 to 9 p.m. We will have combined small group on Wednesday the 29th of April at half past 7 in the evening. Please join us on Zoom for fellowship and catch up. Our ministry is funded by the generous giving of our members and friends. Kindly support this ministry by giving towards our course. Please help us to help those in need by giving towards our BodySurf account. Good morning. It's amazing to spend some time with you during this lockdown period. Uh, I even had my lockdown um, haircut and I'm ready to go. Uh, it's good to hear the testimonies from all of you. It's amazing to, uh, to hear what God is busy cultivating even within you as he's preparing you for awesome things to come. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, even though it's a difficult time, I know that God has amazing things in, um, in store. I want to read out of 1 Kings 17, but before I do so, let's just pray together. Father, I pray for each one that's listening this morning, Father, to receive your word, to have their eyes and their ears open to what you're about to, uh, to speak into their souls, into their lives, Father God. Uh, we are in expectation for the big things that you are busy cultivating and doing in our lives. And we want to ask you, Father, awaken our spirits to be in step with you all the time, to uh, do the things that is on your heart, the things that is most important to you. We want to have your agenda in our lives. Father, we pray that as we spend some time together now, that you will unify our hearts even toward the things that is close to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's read out of 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 9 to 24. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. This is now uh, Elijah, the prophet, um, that uh, God is speaking to. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. 
So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said. But first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and your son. For thus is the Lord, the God of Israel. The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until the day that the Lord sent rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill, and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. And she said to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring me my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him from her arms and carried him up in the upper chamber where he lodged and laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child live and uh, his life come into him again. The Lord listened to the voice of Elijah and the life of the child came into him again and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, see your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. A well-known story out of the life of Elijah um, at the prime of his ministry, a time when God was um, exalting him and, and using him mightily. Uh, he was running away from Ahab and his wife Jezebel because he declared a drought over Israel. Um, and um, he went to the brook of Cherith, uh, a place that was actually known for outcasts, people that was running away. And, um, and Elijah got fed in, at this place. But this story... Uh, is beautiful because we know that it's a story telling us that we must place God first. In our priorities, we must make sure to uh, make God the most important thing in our life. Now, we know that God says in his word that he's a jealous God. He's a God that wants us not to have idols and to focus on the idols in our lives, but rather on his provision and him being the source of life within us. This was uh, known um, by Elijah. He, he knew how to be dependent on God. He knew how to, uh, to look for the supernatural uh, provision of God. Now, the first thing that I want to mention is God provides when he is set first 
in our lives. God is quite willing to partner with us and to make himself um, available to be our provision at a time when we need him um, in our lives for everything that we need. 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 4 says, You shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. I've commanded the ravens uh, to feed you there. Um, God make provision in certain ways in our lives at different seasons of our lives in the way that uh, please him. Um, but it looks different in different seasons. And uh, it even says in the word that um, he commanded the widow to, uh, to give toward um, Elijah's life. He prepared her heart. He prepared her uh, capacity even uh, to, uh, to give toward Elijah. And so uh, God will always provide for us when we set his priorities first in our lives. Now, for the widow, it meant afterwards, make something for yourself. <laughs> uh, this is a difficult one because for the, um, the widow, it means that she already counted the desperation. She knew that the prophet will come because God says that he commanded her. So she knew that he would come. She knew that she was supposed to provide for him. And yet, in her desperation, she realized that she did not have anything to give. And that she had to make that known to the prophet that there's so um, little in her cupboards <laughs> that it's impossible for her to give beyond her and her son because there is none to give. They are busy dying. How can they give out of the little that they have. And yet, God wanted to make a priority shift within the widow's life. He wants to make a priority shift within our lives to know that whenever we set him first and his agenda first, he will make the way for us. God's ways are not our ways. And uh, it's also not the world's ways. God is committed in his economy to look after his children. Listen to this, Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Philippians 4, verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches. He is rich. He's, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He uh, he orchestrates life according to the favor that he bestows upon his children. Riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He is faithful to fulfill what he has promised. Verse 16 says, The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty. God is faithful to perform the things um, that he has set himself out to do. And I want to say to you, during this uh, lockdown period, you're going to be challenged. Uh, to, uh, to, to face the, the idols, the things that's more important to God because it, it hinders even the flow of provision, of supply that God wants to, uh, to give each one of us. I really believe that each one of us have a, a storage unit there up in heaven that is prepared for our whole life's purpose. It's already set aside for each one of us to fulfill the things that God has called us to do. God is not confused during this uh, lockdown period. He is not caught off guard because of COVID-19. He's not um, challenged to, uh, 
to, to not be able to provide. He is the God that, um, that owns everything. He's the God that already orchestrated your life in such a way that you can um, just step into the provision that is given you. And I believe that the key is that we need to open that provision at times in our lives that is um, so desperately needed is, um, is given to us right at the right time. The times when we get those keys and we unlock those heaven's doors of provision over our lives um, is so perfect that when we step into it, um, it just feels right. The puzzle pieces come together. The second one is God directs when he is set first. God gives direction to those who prioritize him. Um, God directed Elijah to go to uh, King Ahab and uh, declare the drought in the land. He told him to go to the brook of Cherith. He uh, told him to go to the widow. The beautiful thing is because he knew God's direction, because he knew how to be led by God, he was the one who recognized the widow uh, when she was busy picking up the sticks so that he could approach her. The more we get to know God's closeness, the more we get to uh, make him the priority over our lives and his agenda to become the most important thing, the more we will recognize his leading um, to the exact detail. And this is what happens in Elijah's life because he, he recognized the widow, he approached her, and the, the challenge that you and I have is that we sometimes are so looking um, to find God's provision somewhere, somehow, someday. Uh, and yet God is in our circumstances right now. God has already made provision for the season that you and I are about to enter into. God is busy, um, you know, just releasing it to us and he's preparing us for, um, for, for, for such a uh, potential. But what I can tell you is God will always ask you, what do you have in your hand? For the, the boy with the five uh, loaves of, of um, bread and the, the two fishes, it means that God had to ask something to be multiplied. In your life, there's already provision made ready for you at a time such as this. Uh, but you will have to do with what God has put on your plate. Um, we are so focused on what we don't have that we forget that God will only multiply what he has given us. And so um, Elijah was called for big things. You know, uh, some even in their commentaries says that Elijah wanted to be the most important uh, prophet in its time. Uh, he wanted to do great things and he even called himself to come to Mount Horeb, which was the place where God also spoke to uh, Moses because he was a prophet that um, really exalted himself you know, above the other prophets. And yet I can tell you out of these big dreams and big things that God wanted to do in Elijah's life, um, he was called for separation first. He had to go to Cherith first. He had to uh, be isolated with a two-man uh, church first. <laughs> Remember, for three years, he had to be confined within the um, companionship of the widow and her son, and he had to minister to them only. 
And for some of you, you have such aspirations to do big things for God and God has revealed to you his dreams and his purposes and you are very close to making priority in your life and you forget that there's a time of separation needed for God to prepare you for the assignments that um, he's about to release on your life. Um, for, for Elijah, it was to hear his voice first. Go to Cherith, so that I can spend time with you. A place where there's only the ravens coming around to provide food, nobody to speak to, uh, a, pl a place where you are forced to only make God's voice a priority. For some of you in this time of lockdown, it's a time of making God's voice a priority. It's a time when you need to listen to God first. It's a time when you need to just quiet all the other voices in your life. That mobile phone, you know, that Netflix account. Um, uh, for some of us, it's even ministry like myself, putting the ministry um, just aside and, and making sure that I focus on God first. For some of you, it's Siri and Google um, Mini. <laughs> you know, uh, it's strange in our house these days, uh, you know, because all of us are in the house, you know, we need to, uh, to really spend time together. But um, the fight with Google Mini, the time when uh, Google put on the timer, Google um, play the next song, and, you know, the song selection change within seconds because one kid shouts out this song and the other, the other... And there's so many voices that we get used to, um, things that prioritize our lives, work, uh, even family, <laughs> our busy schedules, um, other people. Now we don't have even the choice. We need to spend time only with a few people. Uh, but, but there's so many idols, so many things that actually distract us from hearing God's voice. And some of us just need to get to a time of separation so that God can prepare us for what lies ahead. Preparation takes time. Preparation costs you. Um, you won't always see the immediate results until God, you know, brings the brook to a standstill, the brook to, uh, to stop producing water so that you need to trust him for the next phase of your life. Um, some of you need to wait for God to do the great miracle of uh, raising the sun first. <laughs> um, and sometimes out of the desperation of just being stuck in, in a, a season for a long period, God wants to challenge you and say, listen, okay, are you not uh, fed up with the previous season? Because I am. Let's just move ahead. But until you hear God's voice clearly, um, he will not release you to go into the next one. Um, this is a place where God withholds what you wanted the most. This is the place where God closes the door on what you want, wanted to do for him. When God chooses to hide you for a time, he's preparing you for a greater purpose. You know, um, it's, it's so for the big names in the Bible, like Joseph, where Joseph had to have this amazing dream. You know, he declared it to his brothers. He made it to be the most important thing that his life is about. Um, and yet, Joseph had to go to jail first, spend time to, to hear God's voice above all the other voices in his life first. 
so that when he gets released out of jail, he would not forget the commitments and, and promises of God toward him. He will move out of the confidence of regularly hearing God's voice. Let me just remind you, Elijah did know how to be guided by God. That's why he could hear God's voice, because he spent time with God. Joseph knew how to lay out prophecies because he did it regularly. He was faithful with God's voice in his life, God's direction in his life. He learned how to follow that direction. Um, and then God could promote him to do great exploits for him to the exact detail because he knew God's voice. For, for Moses, it was uh, the desert experience. The fact that God would take him away from the palace and, you know, being exalted as the prince in e Egypt to a place where he was prepared um, in the desert, being a nobody, a nothing, um, to fulfill God's promises in his life. But there in the desert, God could speak to him through a burning bush. God could bring the other voices to a standstill so that he could reveal to him his heart's desire. For David, it was the wilderness. For years, he was running around away from Saul. And you must remember, David was already declared the anointed one. Um, Samuel already poured out the oil on his head. He was already, um, you know, declared by the woman singing in the streets um, his victory. He was the one who killed Goliath and, and people th thought of him being the, the biggest hero of all times in Israel. And yet in the midst of this, you know, he must ask himself the questions, God you know, you've called me to be the king over Israel. You were the one that anointed me. I was quiet in the in the um, the fields as a shepherd, and you came to fetch me. And now, I'm running around in the wilderness uh, for my life. Saul wants to kill me all the time, and yet this was the most special times in um, David's life. The times where he could really focus on God. The times where God could raise him up for the season and promise that he had uh, for his life. As a believer, you can have absolute confidence through your entire life that God is leading you. Um, but know this, that God will lead you one step at a time. God will not reveal to you more than you can handle in this season. The detail will overwhelm you. And, uh, and you will not be prepared to fulfill his promises for your life. God release it one step at a time. And, uh, and I want to say to you, we as goal driven and especially, you know, I like having goals in my life and driving myself toward them and fulfilling them. And, you know, my biggest victories is always the ones of, of when I achieve those goals, celebrating them, you know, um, and, and getting excited about it. And I know that is exactly how we as humans are, are wired. We, we are outcome based. You know, we, we have certain goals and promises that we um, celebrate whenever we get there. But, but God is not in the end goal. God is in the journey. God's celebration happens through spending time with us in this journey. You know, I was, I was challenged this uh, week. Um, we uh, were riding with um, our bicycles, me and my youngest daughter, Zoe, 
um, we were riding with our bicycles all the way to um, to Sutton uh, to uh, to stand in the queue there at B and Q, uh, the building suppliers um, for uh, two hours. <laughs> Uh, but uh, the two of us went, um, we knew it would be about 40 minutes to uh, hours drive or ride with um, the two of us and, and especially her being only nine years old. I'm so, you know, just surprised that she um, she gets there all the way. Um, but, uh, you know, as we were going there, you know, we were riding, um, making sure that we uh, use as least time as possible, got there, and then we had to stand there for two hours in the queue. She became hungry. Uh, she was agitated. You can just imagine a nine-year-old standing in a queue two meters apart from other people um, and having to keep her composure to the end so that we can um, get the, the stuff that we've ordered. Um, and then we r rode back. And as we... Um, you know, we're on our bicycles and uh, reached one of the parks, the beautiful parks here in London, you know, and just um, we rode through it. Uh, God was reminding me, I'm not in the end destination. You're complaining so much about the queue that you were standing in. And you were complaining so much about um, time that you've lost. Why did you not use this time to spend relationship time with me and even with Zoe, <laughs> you know, you're so focused on what you don't have that you forget that it's time well spent with your child. It's time well spent with me. And I want to say to you, God gives direction to those that is setting him to be the first priority in their lives. And therefore, you will not be doubting you will not be wondering where God is leading you because God will speak to you, but you must be present. You must learn to listen to his voice. You must learn to be in those times of separation so that, so that he can come closer, so that he can reveal his heart to you because you will move in the seasons of your life with so much more confidence if you know you're on the perfect will of God, if you find contentment within the season that you're in. And I want to say to you, God will not promote you to the next season if you are not willing to be content in this season. Until God gives you the dry brook and you know that you must move on, or God gives you the breakthrough with the sun and the miracle, there's no ways that you can move on until you find contentment and see what He is seeing. Sometimes God is not finished with this assignment yet, with this direction yet. You are so focusing on what God is going to do in the future that you've not completed the, 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 the current um, um, assignment. And so I want to challenge you today. I want to say to you, you know, if you're struggling to hear God's voice going forward, maybe you should just ask him what he last said to you and go and discover if that is not something that God wants to deal with first. Because God works in, in stepping stones in our lives, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. God allows us to, to um, move one step at a time so that we can grow and experience the journey with Him and, and treasure the moments with Him. And that in the good times and in the bad, we will, we will celebrate Him and, and always know what it is um, about. And so 
The third thing that I, and the last thing that I want to mention is that God backs those who set him first. God backs those who set him first. Um, it says there, the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. Yo, I sometimes, you know, am challenged with this, thinking that would God really listen to my you know, voice. Um, do God really listen to me in such a way that he would actually make things happen because of our conversations? And, um, and that's the beauty of God. The beauty of setting him first is that he makes us such a priority that, um, that he makes the world change around us so that um, things can, can happen in our lives. For Elijah, he asked that, the, the son of this um, woman that was doing good toward him would not die, but that he would live. And so he lied over him. He spoke life over him. And then the son came alive. And for this woman, and listen to this, this is the beautiful testimony of this story. And I want to say to you, for your life, when you set God first, there will always be a testimony uh, to tell. There will be a story that you can tell toward other people. But you know more than that, people will recognize God's faithfulness and goodness in your life, God's supernatural work within your life. Um, and they cannot deny that God is alive, that God is doing good things to those who set him first. Listen to this. Verse 24 says of chapter 17, And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God because of what happened to my son and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. And uh, I want to say to you, God has a desire to back us when we set him first. He has a desire to exalt us as he glorifies himself, as he magnifies his own name through us. He chose to magnify it through his children. He chose to walk this road with us as humans, fragile humans that don't deserve anything from God. He chose to exalt us in the, in the process um, so that the people around us can experience the glory of God. God will turn your circumstances for the good if you keep on setting him first. Let this time of lockdown be a time of priority shifts, a place where you and I start to experience these three things, the provision of God to enter our house, that none of us will, will be in doubt or confused or think that things that's happening, is it of God or not of God? You will know what is of God and not of God and how you should go about in this season because God provide us with direction when we set him first. And then lastly, to know that God backs us when we set him first. God has um, our, you know, um, priorities in the back of his head, uh, knowing that, you know, that uh, it's precious to us. He knows that there's certain things that we want to achieve in life. He knows that there's certain things that is personally uh, rewarding to us. And from time to time, I experience God supernaturally 
just blessing me uh, with the exact things that um, that we need. You know, it's uh, over this time so beautiful where people would send um, even food to our house. You know, I said to my wife, you know, I love to barbecue. I love to, uh, to especially now that the weather is so amazing here in London, and I don't know why. We've got this amazing weather while it's lockdown time. Um, but praise God, he's in control. Uh, but you know what? This is amazing time to spend barbecuing. You must just have the meat. Um, but at the right time, me and my wife, you know, said to one another, we would really love ribs. Um, and um, somebody came to, uh, to, to, to bring ribs to our house. Uh, and we barbecued last Saturday, that, or no, was it Sunday? Um, and we had ribs on the table. And I want to say to you, God knows the personal needs and things that, um, that bless you. And in the process, you know, if we choose him first, he will add everything unto us and even our greatest heart's desires at the right time. Some things is not good for you. Learn to abide in God and to let those things um, go. Use this time of preparing, this time of, of um, just waiting upon the Lord, being refreshed, renewed, focused uh, to, um, to, to make those priority shifts. Let me pray for us. And, and I trust that, um, that you would this morning be able to not run from this sermon to the next and the next and the next priority again. You know what? It's strange how even in this um, lockdown time, we've already readjusted ourselves to get busy schedules in our homes, in our uh, current schedule, in our current uh, rhythm. Uh, and I want to ask you to, after this service, sit down, take a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you can get hold of at this stage, um, and sit down and focus on God and ask Him, what is His priorities for you? What does it mean to prioritize and make Him being first in your life, the greatest priority? Uh, because I believe that He's going to change things within your understanding. He's going to even help you to set your priorities straight. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you are a God that always provide for us. Father, it's sometimes different than what we've expected, but it's always the best. It's enough that you want to always do what is best for us. Father, we embrace that. We, we bring ourselves and we ask you, Father God, let your will be done in us. I pray, Father God, that you will teach us your direction, but also that we would be able to anticipate and learn how to hear and see your provision when it comes. Sometimes it goes past us because we, we're not aware and we're not sensitive enough and tuned in enough to make you first and you priority in our lives. Father, we pray that you will teach us how to prioritize you. And Father, then lastly, I want to pray that you will back those who who so faithfully serve you, Father God, that in this time, even for those who have sowed for so many years, Father God, um, into your kingdom, into 
the time toward your kingdom, Father God, your, the commitment toward your kingdom, that this will be a time of harvest for them, a time where you will supernaturally provide for them, that they will learn to sit at the brook and have the ravens feed them. And Father, I pray that you will back us all the way. I, uh, I know that you are a faithful God and that you want to, at this time, make yourself known to your people in a very special way. We, uh, we thank you, Jesus, and we pray this in your wonderful name. Amen.